Em Rossiano and Michael Lucas. If a girl looks like me, I'll go for her. I mean, come on. You've got to respect that. <laughs> this is Emsolation. For me, it was just blank rejection, no sex. <laughs> I don't think parents congratulate kids when they come out every time. I know I will if that happens here. <laughs> That's your dream job. Sit at home with a microphone. Judging hot people. <laughs> You're in Emsolation. Hello, welcome to Emsolation, the podcast to see you through the new normal, whatever that may be. And if you're a Melbourneite, it means back to stage three lockdowns you go. That's right, lockdown season two is here and I'm in Melbourne and I'm trying to remain positive, but it's been really hard because I feel, look, honestly, I feel kind of exhausted at the thought of going backwards and Michael and I are going to cover it because I had to break it to my 13 and 18 year old daughters what was going on and that was not fun. And I'm going to have to draw on reserves. I don't even think I have. I mean, thank goodness I bought all those, panic bought all those board games from Amazon, right? I mean, the crochet, we haven't done any crocheting yet. Maybe we can crack open the crocheting. Can't even say it. Croch, crocheting. And the panic buying has stepped up. God, yesterday I just went to get some dog food from Woolies. It was crazy. It was people losing their damn minds. And I, I, I just... I know we have to do it. We need to get it right. And as I said to my kids, it's short-term pain for hopefully long-term gain. And we need to just keep telling ourselves that. And to all the cafe and small business owners, I know you have to close or go back to takeaways only. I'm really sorry. But we just need to keep reminding ourselves anytime we're feeling like complacent or it doesn't matter if we just break the rule or why me, people are dying from this. You need to remember that people that other people love, family members are dying and getting very, very sick. And if it was your person who was sick or if it was your child who was immunocompromised, you would be wanting everyone to take this very seriously. So we're just going to have to reset, take a deep breath. And I want you to give yourself a day or two to feel disappointed and frustrated. Totally fine. And then what am I going to say to you? What's the word? What word am I going to say? That's right. We're going to pivot. Pivot. I should write a song about, I should write a song called Pivot because we just don't have a choice. And my way of coping, my new way is completely immersing myself in terrible reality TV. I've never watched The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because I'm diametrically opposed to those type of shows because I think they set up women to make look like, the. because I think they set women up to look like the worst versions of themselves but I needed to be completely removed from my life and watch something shiny and easy and ridiculous and I'm I'm loving it. I'm so, so sorry. I feel like I'm letting everyone down by saying I love The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'm watching season one, which was filmed in 2010. Incredible. And I'm obsessed with just one of the housewives. I love Lisa Vanderpump. She's English. She's clearly the star of the show. She lives in this palatial mansion in Beverly Hills, has lots of small fluffy white dogs and a permanent house guest, a flamboyant gay man. And his title changes every episode. First, he was the employee. Then he was an employee slash house guest. And now he's just the permanent house guest. And the other show that's not trashy reality at all, it's the opposite, is uh, a show called Say I Do Surprise Weddings. It's on Netflix and it's basically Queer Eye for people getting married. Can you imagine? Someone read my dream diary and made a show. Three fabulous tiny gay men help couples prepare for a surprise wedding. So far it's been the grooms surprising the brides, which is brave. But you do feel like they're going to be okay because they've got Ty, who's the fashion designer, and he makes the dress and the suit. Gabe, the impeccable Italian chef with impossibly white teeth who covers catering. And Jeremiah, who I'm completely obsessed with, does all the staging and event planning. And, like, 
they go to places on this show. They go even further than Queer Eye. I have ugly cried in both of the episodes I've watched. In the first episode, the groom is kind of sitting with Gabe, the Italian chef, just sharing about how his life has completely changed when he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, how his eating had to change, everything had to change. Then Gabe bursts into tears, beautiful Gabe the chef, and says... When I was diagnosed with HIV, the same thing, I had to really reassess how I was taking care of myself. And it was just like, oh my goodness, what a moment. And then the bride, her uh, father and sister passed away within six weeks of each other. And she was telling Jeremiah, he's the guy who stages the weddings, about how she can't go for a walk in her favourite park anymore because that's where her sister and her used to walk. And so they go to this park and they're sitting on a park bench together and they're both crying. And then Jeremiah says, I just wanted to give you something to reclaim this space. And then he moves to the side and there's a plaque, a plaque, however you want to say it, on the bench in loving memory of her father and sister. (gasps) They both break down and cry. And she's like, oh my God, this is incredible. But you also get the wedding part. You also get the makeover, the, the, the dress. You get that gratification but you also get a bit of therapy. So I can't recommend it enough. It's so gorgeous. It's got it all. Like I just go and watch it, but do know, you know, you will be an emotional wreck at the end of it, but it it ends up being happy tears. The weddings are beautiful. All the family members are there and the three guys attend and just seeing the suits that those men wear, oh, the fashion. Oh, my God. I love it so much. So that's how I'm going to cope with the next six weeks. I'm going to keep making this podcast for you and I'm going to watch as much ridiculous TV as I can squeeze in uh, and then talk to you guys about it. Hopefully someone drops a 365 DNI equivalent that I can completely dissect. But um, yeah, it's 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 going to be, it's a weird, big, hard, heavy time if you're in Melbourne. And it, it is hard to not feel like, oh God, I don't know what I'm going to do. But you just don't have a choice and know that I am here and there are lots of other people around who are going to hold your hand and help you get through. But uh, oh, look, and let's bring in one of those people now. Michael, uh, we spoke yesterday quite a few times. His lockdown, as we know, looks much different to mine. But he is in the middle of filming a TV show, Five Bedrooms. So I don't even know how that's been affected. We were saving it to chat on the podcast. So we'll bring him in now. Play the music. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Well, he's joining me now after we just summarised what we'll be talking about, which is lockdown, Brittany and my vaginal probe. (laughs) Are you ready to go, sir? Oh, three (laughs) equally fascinating topics, compelling. (laughs) I'm hoping there'll be touches of warmth and humour and all. And super on brand, you know, at the very least. Yeah. Oh my goodness, we had a flurry of messages yesterday. I, um, As my 18-year-old daughter was packing her car to drive down to Phillip Island to spend the week with her friends, oh. Dan Andrews called a press conference um, and said, Soz Melbourne, you're back in stage three lockdowns for the next six weeks. Oh. And I have to, oh, I know, and I had to say to her, honey, you can't go. And she's like, oh, just go for the night. And I said, no. Yes, legally you can, but I think that's the wrong attitude, I think. (laughs) You can't look at this as your last hurrah. We've just got to do the right thing, short-term pain, long-term gain. And, you know, if everyone took your attitude, then there'd just be a mass of people rushing out in the next 24 hours and we would have a huge another spike. So come back inside, unpack your Katmandu. Oh, I mean, the universe has really taken a sledgehammer to Chella's... 18, 18th year, 19th year on this world. I know. 
like what a run to remind everyone to recap my daughter finished year 12 brilliantly, got in the top 3% of the state, don't mention it, and then went on schoolies, came back from schoolies, got, well, she got pneumonia. Then uh, she was very sick all of summer, finally got a bit better, uni started, um, and then she had to go into lockdown. Like at this stage, two of her most prominent post-18 nights out have been with us. And that is tragic. We did. Her first night out, just turned 18, we took her to the big gay Halloween party we went to, which was phenomenal. She dressed as Ariel. You were King Triton. I was um, Ursula. And she still says that's her best night out. She's been to like three big nights out since. And she still oh, says we really went. proud. But also it did actually, it was really strange what happened because basically Basically, I just adapted to, oh, Chelsea, here, great. I'll keep buying her vodka sodas. Let's keep going. I know. And then, but I, it was interesting. Em, I can confirm she is a mother. And <laughs> there was a certain point. I'm not used to, I've never combined M out drinking with mother M, And it was just riveting. There just came the point where she's like, no, no more drinks. We're, we're going to go home now. <laughs> And I was, was the midnight. one, like, Chella was going, oh, would you come on? And I could feel myself about to go, oh, come on. And then I realised, who who, the, who am I if I'm doing this? <laughs> I know, it, it reached the tipping point. It was midnight. The event ended at one and everyone was going to go to the after party at Poofdoof and I knew we wouldn't be able to get a taxi or an Uber. Like, I'm a seasoned going outer. I know how things play out. And nothing good comes after midnight. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, things only go south and I don't want to be dealing with my hangover and her hangover. So I just cut it. We started at like 4pm though. It's not like we'd only been out for a couple hours. We had a big build up. We went to Joel Creasy's house first for pre-party, which was wild. So I feel very comfortable with shutting you both down and I was giving you like death stares. Like, stop it. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. It was just very hard to believe she was your daughter. (laughs) Even though I know. I mean, I've watched the whole process of her go from a small child. <laughs> she was dressed in an Ariel Mermaid outfit too. Oh, she looked amazing. Yeah. She looks so She good. was technically, I was playing her father in terms of dress-up costumes, but certainly not in terms of any kind of and responsibility. And I was the fun, drunk, naughty auntie Ursula, but still nah. didn't play our roles. But yeah, so she's poor thing and she took to her bed last night. You know, when you hear the opening strains of Gilmore Girls come from my daughter's room, you know that she's dealing with some shit. <laughs> she is sending a message. <laughs> And then having to tell Odie, oh, my 13-year-old, she's not going to go back to school next week because they've called an extra week of holidays, which is normally, normally that would be like every Christmas coming at once for a kid. Oh, what? I don't have to go back to school, but they're all desperate to go back to school to see their mates. So we're looking at possibly remote learning again from, oh my God, Michael, I just... I, I know I have to pivot. I know I have to remain positive. I know I have to do this thing because we want to eradicate it. But I'm so deflated and tired at the thought of more time at home with the children. <laughs> we have reset back to our original positions because obviously as the child-free person, I just sort of thought, yep, good decision. We've got a lockdown. We need to do it. Fine. And and had no further reaction other than that. I know I mean, you're oh. like, oh, I don't even care. I can. It's fine. It'll be fine. And I wrote back, okay, well, fuck you. First of all, and second of all, God, do you want to just come here? And it's it's not that I don't. I love being around my kids. It's just thinking of ways to keep everyone's spirits up. I'm. I don't know that I have those reserves in me anymore. I think they're gone. 
And look, I would say I'm, I'll come round, but I can't. So you can't. Like <laughs> I didn't realise that Friday night would be our last hurrah for six weeks. I'm not going to physically see you for six weeks. I've got to go around and give my dad a hug today. Like I got to, I got to do all this stuff. I didn't. If I'd have known, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad we did go out on a really great high. Like if that was our going away party for six weeks, the Hamilton dress up, we did it right. Mm. It's like. But, you know, again, I am Nostradamus. I did call this to you. It's come a week earlier than I thought. It is another Dark Rossiano prophecy. I'm going to write a book called that one day and it's actually (laughs) going to be a history of the 21st century and all the shit things that have happened that ends Except, well, shit things that happen and also songs that would go to number one. It's it's, The skills work both ways. It's true. But I did say this in, like, March when you said, oh, I think we'll be fine. And I said, no, mid-July... We'll peak again. Well, I, we'll go yeah, no, true. Except, but, but my thing was, I thought everything was going to open up, and it did. So, yeah. in some ways, <laughs> and I wonder, and I thought we would go back to shooting, and we did. Um, and well, let's so. talk about that because a lot of people actually last night I asked for some questions for you, and quite a few people were like, "Well, now lockdown's back. What's, What's happening in five bedrooms?" No, well, look. It's obviously a constantly evolving situation. No, but we've mm. we've spent months of trading and, mm. and uh, tens of thousands of dollars making the whole process COVID safe. So mm. because it's a, obviously, I mean, I'm still in the work from home category because I'm just a writer. So mm. no point me being there. But um, yeah, it's I mean, it's a it's a COVID safe workplace that can't be done from home. So. So for the time being, we're still continuing. The tricky thing really is that we have some New South Wales-based cast and crew. Yes. And one thing that was... So I think part of the reason why yesterday I wasn't Devo was because obviously there was a moment where it's like we are going into a second lockdown. We are COVID safe. We've got all our protocols. Mm. We've got all our PPE. We can keep going. But if you're New South Wales, if you, you know, if if... If you are concerned about being away or don't want to isolate on return, and there was just this, it was solidarity. It was solidarity. Oh. People going, we're going to, we, also, we finish next week. We are so close to the end. And this yeah. is at the end of, it should have been a three month shoot. It's been split over most of this year. And I think oh everyone God. just had the thing of, let's get this fucking done. <laughs> I know people are going to be watching Five Bedrooms just, are they speaking very fast? Have things changed? Has the pace changed on the show? Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, well, that's good. I mean, I'm so happy for you. Sorry, Some of us I, know, had, I know. No, look, I've had a big gig cancelled and <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to be able to put the live show on again the way I did it a couple of weeks ago, live in your lounge room. I'm going to have to rethink and go through new protocols and, um, guys, please buy my T-shirts, buy my merch, and um, support the podcast. Become a patron of this podcast. If you just keep me going, I'm just going to go back to the drawing board and figure out how I can put on a show for everyone. I don't know. I, it's just – but it's good. Like, and, and I know that you're steadfast in your support for Dan Andrews. I know you're just like you can't turn on him. Well, He's doing his best. Well, no, the weird thing is like intellectually – you know, I, I mean, there's a lot to answer for. I definitely understand that. And yet for some reason, I don't know, it's for some reason, I think it's more that I'm just allergic to people, um, like at the time, let's just deal with it and not talk don't about changing the government it. right yes. now. Yeah. It's, it's more the clanging of, it's not that I don't think... Like once we're through this next bit, we need to figure out what the hell happened, particularly if this really was pretty much solely from, you know, security screw-ups and everything like that. Like obviously, but it's more that I just can't hear people 
I can't hear politicians sniping at each other at the moment. Oh, me neither. And that's that's annoying. And and also, did you I, – I was – Scott actually just told me this morning, he heard on the radio that the big mistake health authorities think we made was n- not enforcing masks. There's been so many mm. – there's been so many cr- weird messages about masks. Some are saying, oh, it reduces your likely to transmit it, likelihood of transmitting it five times. And I was like, it doesn't matter. It has to be the right one. And But, I mean, oh, God, it's just – you're right. It doesn't matter. We're here now. If you're in Melbourne, you just got to do it. Please, can we just all do it properly? Because otherwise we're just eking out. And if I have to see one more shot of a Perth person on the beach or at a nightclub, I like I I may hurt someone. I can't. <laughs> I know. It is a lie. Look, I know a lot of people are getting pretty upset about, you know, the amount of hanging shit on Victorians that's happening for the rest of the country. But look, I expected it. And and that's in our national character. If someone's had a fuck up like this, then there should be a lot of affectionate interstate hanging shit. Fair enough. (laughs) It's so Australian. Yeah. But I also feel like maybe, you know, have the other states gone out too hard? We're going back into lockdown peak winter. So perhaps we'll be allowed out by spring, summer and will they be back in lockdown spring, summer? Well, you never know, do you? You never know what's floating around. Just be careful, WA and and South Australia and New South Wales to a lesser extent. Just, you know, be careful. Just keep your own backyard tidy. Cough into your own elbows. Wash your own hands. We'll look after ourselves here in the big V. Speaking of something, you know... Speaking of a big V? Is that the... Big V? (laughs) No, I'm not going to vagina now. Oh, damn it. I thought that was such a good segue. Okay, fine. Speaking of the big V... I was going to go to Brittany because, because. <laughs> we can go to Brittany via your vagina. <laughs> should we do my vagina first or should we do Brittany first? I don't, no, oh, we've, I don't know. we've mentioned the vagina. We'll go to vagina. We'll end on Brittany. End on a high. Um, I mean, my vagina is a high too, obviously. So obviously Tuesday's episode, I told everyone that I was a bit frazzled at the start of the year because I was thinking about the probe that was going to be um, put up my wares because my cycles have been all over the place. I went to the women's imaging health place and it's specifically gynecological. It's it's just for ladies and their bits. It's great. So when I got there, it's the first time I've really been to a, like a medical centre during this. And because, you know, everything's heightened, when I got there, they took my temperature. They gave me a mask to put on, this fancy one with wire over my nose. And I had to like, you know, answer a bunch of questions about where I'd been and who I'd been with. And then I had to sit a metre away from the next woman in there who was very pregnant. And it was all really, I was a bit scared. It it was was a bit scary. And then a lady came and got me and um, I... I didn't. I just. I made a very conscious decision in the shower that morning to not mm, beat back the forest too far. (laughs) (laughs) To not reduce your pubic hair too much. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, it's grown wild and free over the course of the last period. It's Gandalf wizard. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, I, I decided, I did decide to trim it back, but I decided not to go to, like, say sometimes if you're going to the beach, a lady will make certain adjustments to the areas because, you know, you're going to have your legs flapping about and you don't want your flaps flapping about, the hairiness. So you do think, oh, which bits are exposed in my swimsuit area? <laughs> but I thought these people are used to seeing pregnant women's bits, surely. But I was, when, when yeah. the lady asked me to take my pants off and I lay there with the modesty sheet over my vagina, I was. Conscious. You thought you'd misjudged. Yeah, I, 
I love that you invented a new pubic hair length. We've got different <laughs> levels, beach level, and then on the other side we've got full bush, yep. Gandalf yes, level, yep. and then in the middle we've got vaginal probe yeah, level, it's, which is... Yeah, it's kind of like your beard level, I guess. Like, that's where we're at. It's Michael Lucas' <laughs> pandemic beard level. And I watched her face. I zoomed in for the slightest <laughs> bit of judgment. That ma- And she had a mask on, so it was hard. I wanted to see if the moment she saw what was under my modesty sheet, if her face changed out all. And to her credit, it remained a blank canvas. Nothing. What a professional. So the probe goes up and it, they had this amazing 3D screen and I could see all my ovaries and all the things and she was explaining it all and I was really watching. And then she kind of said, oh, okay, so one of your ovaries is active and one of your ovaries is kind of going into menopause. It's 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 old, it's dormant. Oh, I didn't realise it could happen Me one neither. at a time. So she said, yeah, like, it, so it says in the next seven years you may start going through menopause. That's, we can only predict it to seven years. I'm like, fucking hell, science. If men went through menopause, we'd know the date, time and day. <laughs> and so, so the, and I kind of had a little laugh to myself because that really accurately reflects me as a person. You know, half of me is lifelike and party and woo, and the other half is just dormant and on the edge of the gate. <laughs> so I kind of loved that diagnosis. And then the doctor comes in and you get a live on the spot like this is what's going on with your body. You don't even have to wait. They just tell you. So there's these two women standing over my vagina with massive screens talking about it to me and and it was just, oh, I loved it so much. (laughs) So basically I'm okay. There's no ovarian cysts. There's no sign of endometriosis. I've just got a bung ovary. So Right. Woohoo. Wow. I like well, I like that from now on. When I ask you how your day's going, we can say you're having a left ovary or a right ovary day. <laughs> Which one's dominating at the moment? Correct. Now you had an MRI. Well, when you, you need to go out, we'll get to a certain point and you'll go, oh, the bung ovary's taken over now. Need to- yeah. You had an MRI that we talked yes. about. Your surprise, surprise MRI. We didn't tell anyone. Just a casual brain scan because you had a droopy left eye. These are things you should tell me, by the way, not after the fact. I, yeah, I know. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it was very sudden. I had a droopy left eye and my mum looked at me and said, I think you got Bell's palsy. Oh. And I went to the GP and then she said, it's probably not, I, but, uh, and you know, if you want to rule out everything, we can do an MRI. And it was one of those weird ones where I rang the MRI place and said, oh, I need to book in, imagining that they're going to say two years from now. Yeah. And they said, oh, well, if you pop on over now, we can probably do it. <laughs> and um, so yeah. I just did. So I, which was really good actually, because it didn't make me nervous. But I mean, this is how busy I've been at work and everything like that. I found it quite relaxing. Oh and when I th- say that to people, they're going, there's something wrong in your life if, if an MRI counts as relaxation. But they put, they put, I got to listen to music. They put headphones on. I just laid there. He did tell me, he, I, look, I knew that things were probably okay because the guy said, um, it, it, it's anywhere between 20 minutes and an hour. It depends if I have to zoom in on places or whatever. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to settle on in. And then it was like 20 minutes. And oh, so that good. did make me think. I think I think he hasn't found anything, and, but it is when you're leaving though. It, it's the opposite of your experience. I had to wait to go to the doctors to find out, you know, if I had a brain tumor or something. Oh, and so everything that he says, yeah. and when he finished, he went, "Good luck with it." Which I took to mean you wouldn't say that if someone had a massive. But then he's saying, "Good luck." Do I need luck? What's happening? <laughs> anyway, I still managed to unpack it a lot, but then oh, turns I'm glad out you're okay. No, completely fine. And my eyelid is not drooping. I could have just been a little bit hungover. I can't rule that out. <laughs> 
Me too. Uh, maybe that's what's happened to my ovary. <laughs> Your ovary could be a little bit hungry. <laughs> she is, all the time. Uh, now, before you go, we must, you and I were tagged one million billion times in Britney's latest video. And look, I have I have had to do a little bit of a deep dive this morning because for a while now, for many months, there's been a free Britney movement. And there's this mm. idea, there's a whole podcast dedicated to Britney, freeing Britney actually, and also Britney's Instagram. And um, basically the idea is that she's being held against her will by her family, by specifically her father, Jamie, who has been painted as an evil overlord. And look, he could be. And she has basically the rights of a child under the age of 10. And people are reading really deeply into subliminal messages that Britney is apparently placing within her videos. Mm. So on the video, we've already discussed the one where she gets her favourite flowers and she wears the yellow peasant top and walks yes. in it constantly. Um, now, that's been revealed. I read an article that said in the video before, one of the fa- head of her fan clubs wrote, Brittany, if you need our help, wear yellow in your next video. <sighs> you love a conspiracy theory. And she did. No, but she also changed the caption on that photo. So initially it said, here I am wearing my favourite yellow top. And then mysteriously that caption changed a day later. <gasps> to what? To just a general got to just a general. Flowers. Yeah, look at these flowers. Aren't they beautiful? I love them. So that was really weird. And then Lindsay Lowen has jumped on board the Free Britney movement. She tweeted last week. Wow. Come on. Is that, do you need any more than Lindsay Lowen getting behind it? <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that meant to, to make me feel more confident in the cause? Can I rest my case, Your Honour? Because I've just brought in my star witness, Lindsay friggin' Lowen. When Em's um, looking to ultimate confirmation of anything, <laughs> that's who she turns to. <laughs> but the latest one, oh, she's. this is a throwback video, I believe, and she is on the beach. It's a beautiful sunny day. She's in a tiny bikini. And Brittany's looking fit, man. She's gotten fit in lockdown. She's one of the few people I know, and I do know her, that has really shredded. She has gone the opposite to me. I have ISO asked. Oh, God, I've just realised how much bigger I'm going to get over the next six weeks. <laughs> she has gone the other way. She's gotten so fit. And look, I feel like being the writer of the two of us, would you like to describe the visuals of what she's doing on the beach? Well, it's, yeah, I mean, she's describing it as a yoga demonstration, I believe. But I have to say, it is not a form of yoga. I wouldn't describe it as yin or I wouldn't. I, it seems to be a very Britney style. I mean, she's basically doing an intense version of the back arch sort of things that she has also shown to us on her, on the bedroom with the drapes. She's also mysteriously, it's a very wide shot. It's a long way away. She's wearing a mask, which is about the same size as a bikini. Thank God. Safety first. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. She is doing good distancing. There is no one around her. And, and, but the other mysterious thing is she's gone for a fast motion speed with this one. Which really, I don't understand. Like, if we're meant yeah. to follow it, yeah. I don't quite know how we're supposed to respond. And I, and I don't know that that's how yoga works at that, that manic pace. But if Britney's maybe telling us she's about to introduce a new form of yoga, it can't be any worse than that stupid one where you go into a forty-five degree room and everyone smells like an armpit. Like, it's got to be better than hot yoga. I would, I would happily attend a Britney yoga class over a hot yoga class. I'm here for this. I was jealous of her on the beach. I really was, especially sitting here in Melbourne in lockdown when it's so cold, <laughs> looking at Britney on the beach. I mean, I've, yeah. Oh, well, I know you. You cycle through a lot of emotions, don't you? On one hand, you're like, I'm concerned about this woman. Something doesn't feel right here. On the other side, you. you, you 
thinking, this is the kind of well-fun retirement I think I could enjoy myself. I know, but I just think this Free Britney movement has popped up again. So I'm really, I mean, I am going to definitely go down some kind of YouTube hole today. I can promise you that. There's a 100% chance of that. But there's all sorts of articles. This one's titled, Britney Spears is living in a prison where she can't make her own decisions. So, I mean, that's really stating what it's about, isn't it? There's no clickbait there. Um, mm. But I just, the, the yoga video, it was a throwback, guys. So it's okay. She's just missing being able to go out on the beach in a string bikini and do frenetic fast paced pelvic thrusting yoga. And I'm okay with that. But thank you for continuing to post <laughs> these videos, Brittany. You are getting us through. And again, I'll just say it. <laughs> and thank you to everyone for continuing to tag us <laughs> and believing that there might be something in my life that makes me so busy that I am not checking Brittany's Instagram all I the know. time. Because even though I am very busy at the moment, I can assure you I'm across it, but I still like being tagged. <laughs> you know that now we are brand associated with her. That's it. Oh, Anytime she... B- b- <laughs> proud branders. We've built a bridge to Britney and we've built a bridge to Disney and we are achieving. And 365 D&I. Like we're being associated <laughs> with all the things that make us so proud, that make us up. Oh, mm. God. All right. Well, we got the best go. We've covered tick, lockdown, tick, vagina, tick, Britney on the beach. The, the tide over is taken over now. She's... <laughs> I feel like there's a children's book in this. My, my two ovaries. Yeah, it's like Frozen. You've got your alpha bow. No, that's that's, that's... that's wicked. That's wicked. You've got your... Who are they in Frozen? Um, Anna and Elsa. That's right. You've got your Anna and Elsa ovaries. Oh, no, they're pretty active, both of them, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I've, I'll think about which Disney villains my ovaries represent. Well, your ovaries have gone beaches. You've got your CC ovary. You've got your... <laughs> Hillary Overy. One of them is about to break into wind beneath my wings. I do feel sorry for the active one. It must be. I mean, she's just had that other one there her whole life, pumping away, producing the eggs to her. Now she's alone. Probably wondering, am I doing this? What am I doing it for anymore? Is anything going to come of it? Don't make it sad. The other one's not dead. She's just like about to die. She's she's, 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 she's on she's her farewell tour. <laughs> mm. That's right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Thank you so much. And our bonus app or answering your questions, uh, we'll be doing that. That's coming up Friday. So um, you, you'll be hearing Michael Lucas again on Friday, which is exciting. All right. Thanks, mate. Go and enjoy your bloody child-free lockdown, you dickhead. <laughs> I will. Sorry. Okay. See you. Bye. Bye. This is Emsolation. All right, well, he's here, he's back to offer you some practical advice, although I feel like we should probably have dedicated this to helping people survive the next six weeks. But not everyone who's listening to the podcast now is back in lockdown. Scotty Barrow, hello. Hi. Hi. Guys, man, a few words, isn't he? Uh, this week we heard from Meg, who... Look, you guys all send questions that often relate to my life, which is good. <laughs> it helps me. <laughs> Let's have a listen to what Meg wanted to ask Scott. Hi, Scotty and Em. It's Meg from Melbourne. Uh, last week, Scotty gave some advice about people not being defined by their job, that we are so much more than our job. I am in a job that I love, and if I do say so myself, I'm bloody good at, but I find that I default to it uh, because I know that it is, it's my strength. Um, and so when I'm questioning my parenting or anything else in my life, I tend to go back to it. Uh, I'm looking for some practical ways to find my elusive work-life balance. Thanks. Well. I have to say, first off, Scott, that when I hear someone asking to achieve a work-life balance, alarm bells goes off because that is a fucking lie. 
it's it's some weird dream the boomers tried to sell us and it doesn't exist. Those women, our mothers, who tricked us into thinking that we could have it all didn't actually try and live it. They just kind of came up with the idea and then expected us, their children, to accomplish it. So don't you think for you, when someone says to you, oh, I want work-life balance, do you hear alarm bells? Uh, not alarm bells, but I'm, I'm going to be interested in what that means to them. What, what are they actually talking about? What is that? What ideas do they have about that? So obviously, and it's great to, first of all, I loved how confident she was about how good she was at her job. Mm. She almost sounded apologetic, so don't be apologetic. I love that bit. But she said, oh, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm sorry to say, but don't be oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Tell people you're good. So what's the first thing you would say to Meg when she says to you, you know, I, I default back to work as a coping mechanism? I mean, if it's sort of this idea of balance, well, what's on the other side of the ledger? What, what do you want on that other side of the scale? What, what, what are you talking about there? And you might know exactly what it is. You know, it might be a completely engaged, fulfilling family or friendship life or it might be some sort of pursuit or it might be some sort of community contribution or, or all of the above. But what is it? You know, and you might have the specifics, but what does it, what would be a, how would you describe it or how, what characteristics? So you, you are sort of trying to paint a bit of a picture and she said, oh, I define myself by my work or something like that. I can't remember, sorry, um, Meg, um, but um, something along those lines. So then I'm asking, I'm, straight away, my mind goes to, so how would you like to define yourself? It's hard not to define yourself by your work and it's hard not to place your self-worth in how well you're doing at work because so much of your life is work. And especially if that's Meg's kind of escape for her, because so it sounds to me for Meg, the work is the thing that's really working for her. She's good at it. She enjoys it. She doesn't find it stressful. And it's her, it's her happy place when everything else is stressful. And I understand if that's your happy place and that's where you're getting positive stuff from, you would, you would slowly just keep going back there and it would slowly take over. So do you think it's worth her addressing the things in her life that send her to the shelter of work? Yeah, that that might be – there might be some um, little nuggets there. Mm. So when you're good at something, things become easier and, we, and humans love when it's easy. But then Meg's still sending the question, I'm good at that, but that's not enough for me because that's why the question's coming up. So then when we need to – sort of create new things, new ways, a new life, it, it makes sense that it's going to be a bit, um, it's going to take some effort, mm. some application, yeah. mightn't feel as sexy or as uh, flowing as well, it mightn't feel as easy, you mightn't feel as masterful at it, but that's what you, your deeper self is asking you to do, it's asking you to grow and growing is not easy and it's not comfortable, but it's where we feel most alive if we're allowed to just stay in that. If we're worried about how good we are at something, then we're going to stay. We're only going to stay in stuff that we're good at. But then we can easily become bored and unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. So first thing she needs to do is map out what it looks like to her the balance. Yeah, and you fill in the you fill in the picture, the so called picture, as best you can. So, like I said, you might know the specifics, but you know, okay, what what elements or what components would there be? What does that look like for me? How do I d- want to define myself, and how might that look in my life? Mm-hmm. And then I reckon um, from there you've got to extend it a bit further. So you overlay that with your passions and your strengths, what you are good at as a person, not at work, but just as a person, what you're, what you're passionate about. Um, and that, that, that's a good place to start anyway. Like I'm also interested in why is this important to you? What do you give a shit about this? 
Well, I think I can hear and I really understand it is that she sees the imbalance and it it doesn't make her happy. So I think when, and I know this, when you're at work, especially as a woman, you get this divided heart. So when you're at work, you sometimes find yourself thinking, oh, I hope everything's okay at home. Should I check in? You get distracted. And when you're at home, especially if you love your work, you find yourself constantly being distracted by work. So you're not giving your whole heart and soul to the people at home. Mm-hmm. So it's that, it's that weird divided heart that I think I know a lot of women have wanting to give equal to both and be present at the same time. Yeah. So is there something that she could do? And I know that this is kind of what I've been trying to do is promise to herself one small thing that when you are at home, you're at home. Yeah. And that's where, again, being, you said present, deeply immersed in what you're doing, just really curious, immersed, engaged, present. And I'll say it again, that's when we're at our best and it's also when our most fulfilling, meaningful experiences happen. So it's worth that effort. So then it's then it's like okay, if that's if that's sort of my, one of my deeper underlying goals to be more present in whatever I'm doing out away from work. You know what what might they be? But also how can I allow myself to be present without being sort of drawn back my intention back into work? So then we're talking uh, in my mind we're talking about boundaries then either in your mind in remembering things or structural stuff. And we've talked about that previously on this podcast too. But also I know that you think it's okay for her to not be good. That yeah. stuff. Um, she mentioned. I think I heard her say the say the word doubt when I'm doubting my parenting. Mm. So, so when you're doubting, that's when you you're, you're you're actually not in the moment. You're judging yourself, and you're going, okay, I'm not sure if this is going to work. I'm not sure if I can do this well. Or so sometimes being if you create an identity for yourself as needing to be good, then that can be a, end up being a prison cell. It's great to aspire to be good and masterful because that that becomes a fascination in itself. But if you need to be good because you're worried about what does it mean for me as a person if I'm not good, then you're never going to stick around long enough to develop that ability. So if it saves parenting, the doubt, the doubt is the most fertile, you would know this, Emmy, the doubt is the most fertile grounds for creativity and innovation because that's that place where we don't know. And if we can just allow ourselves to relax into that and stay in that doubt and go, okay, I'm noticing I'm feeling really unsure, really unconfident and don't know what to do, don't know what's best. If we can just stay there, stay there and relax into that, then boom, that's when fresh ideas and new ideas come out and new um, things that are um, can be really specific to that situation that you're trying to pr- solve. Not an old solution, a relevant, fresh, new solution. And I guess finally, this is something you mentioned to me, is finding people that can role model for her, seeking out people she thinks that do it well, listening to them, you know, reading about them, hanging out with them, that kind of thing. So you can you can almost get it via osmosis. Yeah. Yeah, and the, what, what came into my mind is, honestly, Facebook groups. So um, that's just one microscopic possibility. But, yeah, there are people who have a fair income go in their vocation and career and profession and all that side of their lives and, they're, and they have a fair income, really great go, and they're alive and they love all the other parts of their life. And then there's people who love all of it. And then the other thing is that um, is there a chance here, Meg, that there's a deeper purpose that sits inside your work that could also actually be in the rest of your life 
that's actually creates that alignment. And so then it's a matter of you going, okay, well, th- now I'm at work. I express my purpose in this way at work, but then I'm at home or I'm with my friends or in my other pursuits or whatever I'm doing. And it's actually the same purpose expressed and showing up in a different environment for different sort of outcomes. Okay, so that's good. So basically Meg needs to figure out what it would look like in a perfect world for her. And then she needs to be okay when it's not perfect. All of us do need to be okay when it's not perfect all the time. We all need to do that. Yeah. Because that's when we also, when we relax out of that, that's when we can learn and we can move forward properly. And also find people, you know, that are like-minded. And the fact that you want to address it is great. And so that's half the battle is that you've recognised as an imbalance because oftentimes you just don't and then you find yourself in the bottom of a well and then you're like, oh, shit, I've got some problems here. And um, one more thing I just thought of then is that when you're going through these processes, these this is your process. Other people have gone through them, but no one will ever be able to tell you the exact way. If we're, uh, again, if we're able to just relax and let ourselves learn in our own way and process in our own way and progress in our, in our own way without comparing it to anything else, then that the, that anxiety or concern just drops away and then it's just a matter of, okay, well, this is what I'm doing today and this is the best I can do and I'm completely okay with that. Does that make sense? I don't think I said that well, but I think you know what I mean. I think that you're going against your own rules by doubting yourself live on the microphone. I think you did it great. I would interrupt you if you were shit. You know that. (laughs) I got no patience. And also, if you're uncomfortable, it means you're growing. So sit with the uncomfortable because I'm uncomfortable twice a week when I learn new things about myself and I'm like, oh, this is gross. I want to go and like have a drink of wine or I want to watch some TV. I want to distract myself from this. But if you're uncomfortable, it means that there's some growing taking place, which ultimately is good. Wow. That was good. Thanks, Meg. Um, I took I took a light out of that, actually. And if you'd like Scott to help you with something in your life, you can email hello at mrussiano.com, just as Meg did. It was perfect. 30 seconds, succinct, boom. That's what we like. Scotty, uh, chat next week. Okay. Three times next week. I'll meet you there. If I'm not there, it's traffic. Ah! Bye. See ya. This is Emsolation. All right, guys, that's it for this bumper edition of Emsolation. They just keep getting longer and longer. Soon I'll just be on like a 24-hour Big Brother live stream situation. I uh, hope Scotty was able to help you with your work-life balance. Thank you for being a part of the uh, lockdown Britney Spears vaginal discussion with Michael. And don't forget, on Friday you have a bonus edition to celebrate half a million downloads and our three-month anniversary. Michael and I answer your questions. That's coming out Friday. We discuss his coming out story, going back in coming out story, of course, Disney films. Uh, I sing a couple numbers from 365 Days DNI the musical that you didn't even know you wanted. Uh, so all of that's happening. I know it's a tough day for Melburnians. Chin up, pivot, pivot. Remember, that's our word of the year. That's what it is. Uh, and we'll chat to you. God, I'm on the project. Well, you won't even hear this. I've already been on. I'm on Wednesday this week. But don't forget to listen to the bonus step on Friday and um, I'll chat to you again next week. Have a great weekend. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.